Welcome to the Love is Viral show. I'm your host, Jeanette Schneider, the founder and CEO of Live Media and the creator of the Live Pocket Coach on the Apple App Store. Our premise at Live is simple. A healthier you today leads to a healthier world tomorrow. Our guests include neuroscientists, therapists, professors, coaches, authors, yogis, speakers, entrepreneurs, and those who believe that a bigger, better life can be found at the intersection of mindfulness and science. Join me as we nerd out with a little bit of soul. The Love is Viral show is a live media production. Lacey Johnson has come to the conclusion that it's not the digital age or social media that has become a problem in today's society, but rather it's the user error stemming from our relationship with it and the intention behind how we use it to connect. Lacey is an award-winning essayist, editor, and journalist with a deep intrigue for human beings and a fiery passion for smacking her readers in the face with life-unlocking truths. She writes and reports boldly and introspectively about topics that challenge the status quo in the realms of fulfilling relationships, mental health, popular culture, women's issues, and the nuances of self-optimization. In this episode, we discuss how social media has contributed to higher suicide rates, the importance of seeing past the staged post and staying authentic on social media, why we need to be aware of how the content we consume affects our mood and mental health, and the challenge parents are facing raising kids and how to support them while they discover who they are, not who anyone else wants them to be. Lacey Johnson has worked with a diverse range of authors, celebrities, and spiritual thought leaders, including Deepak Chopra, Damon John, and Gabrielle Bernstein. She founded The Wonder Report in 2018, and her words can be read in a variety of top print and digital media sources, including Cosmopolitan, Marie Claire, Pop Sugar, O, The Oprah Magazine, and others, many of which have been syndicated by Apple News, MSN, and Yahoo millions of times. Lacey is also deep in the process of authoring her first book, which vividly explores and reveals her unexpected evolution through pregnancy and new motherhood. Let's dig in. Hi, this is Jeanette Schneider, and welcome back to the Love is Viral show. I am so happy to have with me today, Lacey Johnson. Thank you for joining me. Yay. So happy to be here. Love talking I, to you always. I know. We have such like deep conversations from the very first one. Yeah. Um, Lacey interviewed me for Peace when it, my book first came out, and like we ended up like just hitting it off. And I was pregnant, and we, were, we talked for like two hours, and I remember I had another like interview for another story afterwards. And I was just like, I don't even care. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to give myself like 10 minutes to prepare because I am just soaking up every delicious second of this conversation. Oh, uh, I love it. That's how I feel too. When we have, when we talk, because I feel like we both have a love of words, mm-hmm. right? And we both have found ways to express very deep emotions mm-hmm. and de- very deep feeling through words and connect with people on the page. And that's one of the things I love about your craft. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I love following you. I love what you're about. And you, you recently were interviewed and you've been talking a little bit about this out there in the world, especially with what's going on with um, our lovely global pandemic, mm-hmm. about social media. And I was like, okay, we have to have this conversation. Because this is something that I'm struggling with and I've got little people at home who are learning their relationship with technology and we're in a time where the only way to connect in a lot of ways is digitally, but who who are we anymore? Yeah, that's, that's, you know, I've actually been fascinated by this subject for a few years. I've written, I wrote a few essays about social media and my relationship with it and observations I've made 
with friends and, and experiences we've had together. I've, I wrote a reported piece, I believe it was last summer for Pop Sugar with um, Dr. Kevin Gilliland, who's just this incredible psychologist and author. Uh, and we had such a great conversation about how um, there's, there's some studies that reveal that uh, social media has contributed to an in increased suicide rate. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot we could talk about with that, but um, it's affecting people of all generations and even more so. I mean, I've been passionate about this subject before 2020 and now it's like, it's confusing for me and I struggle because I also have written pieces for Oprah Magazine and, and Pop Sugar about ways to date online. And I'm like, okay, so I have this issue with our digital lives, but then I'm also encouraging it. And what I've, what I've, the conclusion I, I've arrived at is that it's, it's not the, it's not the, the social media. It's not the, our, our, you know, necessarily even our digital age, it's user error. It's our relationship with it. Um, and it's our intention behind connecting. Like, you know what I mean? That's, that's what we really have to look at. Um, and it's the same way. I mean, honestly, if you think about alcohol in itself is not bad. Shopping is not bad. Sex is not bad. But all of those things can be um, expressed and, and experienced um, in a way that can be very harmful to a person. I love that because, you know, I'm creating software, right? So, and, and we're using technology and someone was asking me about my relationship with it because within our app, you know, we want people to use it. And with, for, from our perspective, it's always been about humane technology. And as I was thinking more about it and the way we present it to people and the way we have people interact through it and how we have our own relationships with social media, one of the things I came to is very similar is like technology and social media are a net neutral. They are a platform, they are a tool, they are an amazing way to connect and possibly serve, but it's all in how you use it. And much like anything else, it's almost like how advertising, you know, creates these beautiful images and these ways of believing, you know, the way we look, we should look this way, or we should buy this, or we should have this kind of perception or opinion about X. It's happening, I think, with social media as well. And I'm curious, like when you talk about user error, like what advice would you give? I think especially, I feel like, I, I think it's across gender, right? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. But I think a lot of young women and especially girls, when they're coming to social media, like they're, they're using it based on their peer group. Right. How, do you, how do you explain user error? How do you explain like a healthy way of approaching? And that that's sort of a conundrum because it's like, I feel like, and also like with Generation Z, which is being greatly affected by the suicide rate, there's a lot of bullying and they're, I mean, they're driving TikTok. And the problem is, is that they're losing touch with their own essence because they're constantly performing. They're always on stage. And even when they're not on stage, they're preparing to be on stage. And what I mean by that is, you know, styling their food, you know, um, grabbing their, their coffee that they're not even drinking that's maybe cold and they're about to toss into the trash and posing with it for their audience, you know? And if you just spend, you know, I, I'm a, you're a writer, I'm a writer. I spend a lot of time in coffee shops, not so much anymore, unfortunately, but <laughs> usually I do. And you can spend just 10 minutes observing people and you will see so many people, so many examples of people not living for themselves, you know, creating, creating these styled, 
experiences for their audience, living for their audience, you know? And I think what I would say my advice, which is, sounds very elementary, but I think you, I think if you can fold into yourself every morning, every evening, as much as possible, who am I, the question, who am I living for? Who am I living for? You know, um, because I think in the majority of cases right now, the answer would be certainly not ourselves in, in, in a lot, a lot of the time. Um, I actually posted recently, uh, something, you know, I, I have a, I have a 17 month old little girl. Um, I know you're, you're a girl mom as well to Mm -hmm. your adorable daughter. Um, and I, I kind of took a, a break from social media as I do periodically, uh, and I, and I logged back on after about a week break. This was maybe a few weeks ago. And one of the first posts that I saw in my feed was this mom who she's, I don't know her super well, but she was, she was, there was this moment with her little girl who's not much older than my daughter. They had these, you know, matching pajamas and this gorgeous, vivid backdrop and a couple of candles strategically lit and, and there's, you know, it was this moment and it, and it really disturbed me because I was like, this is a sacred bond. This is such a, a you know, a, it looks like this beautiful tender moment, but she probably spent 30 minutes preparing for it. And, you know, I kind of skimmed her post and you guessed it. She was, she had some link to get some discount and she was asking for prompting her readers to vote for her for something. And it just, it, it disturbed me because, and that's just one example of countless. And it's, it's rare, you, you know, to, to log onto social media and to see evidence of true organic content, true um, material, true media that's not modified in some way. Um, and I'm not knocking it entirely because, I mean, I use filters for my photographs and, but I think, the problem is, is that it's confusing because media is off. It's delivered in a way that's is supposed to be organic and authentic and, and to cultivate true connection, but it actually drives us further away from each other because we're not seeing each other's intimate pages. We're seeing a mirage, a digital no. mirage of each other. I does that make sense? Uh, well, it does 100% because I, I've struggled with that recently. My own relationship with social media is so confusing to me, you know, because for a period of time as I was writing my book, as I was doing, you know, creating all these projects um, that became my own media company, um, I had someone else handling my social media for me. So it was all my words. It was posts that I'd written. I've written over 400 articles and blog posts and, and what have you. So I have plenty of content. And so they would take my content and we would do a photo shoot once every six months and we would go out and they would take a bunch of pictures and there was just a bank, a bank of photos and a bank of content. And I had a a good amount of followers and it was very beautiful and I would go on and I would, they were my words and I would interact, but I didn't handle all of the posting and what have you. And then over time, as I got away from that, I was like, that doesn't even feel like me anymore. Um, I started to kind of try to figure out who my audience was and who, and I'm like, why am I trying to figure out who I am for them? Exactly. Right. And let's be honest. Um, I barely wear makeup. I only wear makeup for interviews right now. Or if I have to go to, you know, 
I didn't. I went to the doctor's this morning. I didn't even wear makeup. I'm like, what's the point? I'm wearing a mask. You can't even see my face, anyways. Right. And you you get to that point. You're kind of like, what am I trying to prove? And what am I showing the people around my my daughter? What am I showing her? When and she's kind of like she's her own person, so she's on to me, right? So like if I try to style, if I try to be like, hey, let's do this, let's look cute, she like scowl comes across her face. Love it. And it's the moments <laughs> in between. Yeah, it's like the moments in between where like we're just having fun, and I'm just taking pictures, and eventually decide to put them, you know, up. That those are the the real, you know. And I feel like there's more moms, more specifically, who are coming forward right now and saying like, this is hard. Homeschooling is hard. Trying to figure out how to work and be at home. And I know you posted recently about your daughter and it's, you love them, but you're it's also next kind of level. Like, yeah. It's next level hard. I mean, it, it is, you know? Um, yeah. I feel, I'll tell you an observation that I made a couple of years ago. I was going out to dinner with a friend. Actually, we were going on a double date and um, my friend was dating. It was a it was a relatively newish relationship. I'd only met this guy once before, so she was still in that sort of mode of like wanting to impress him, very mm-hmm. conscious, consciously selecting your outfits. You know, not yet in the place where your subconscious programming comes to the fore, and they're like, "Whoa!" They see your ugly side and your, your <laughs> right. flaws, and you know all that stuff. Right. And uh, so it's it still a a fairly new relationship. And um, she sent me a text. I was getting ready. This is actually, I guess, almost three years ago now, but I was right before I got pregnant. So a little more than two years ago. And she sent me a text and she said, hey, um, I'm going to let you be the one to check us in and make a post for dinner um, because I'm always the one to do it. And it, it sort of stopped me in my tracks. And I was like, we, we haven't even, okay, we're going to dinner. <laughs> right. We haven't even arrived at the restaurant and you're already focused on how we're going to build our stage for our audience. You know, and I, I remember saying to her in the bathroom, we went on, you know, how girls go on a bathroom mm-hmm. break together. And I, I, I sort of put my hands on her shoulders and I said, who are you living for? Yeah. You know, what about you? Where's the beauty in, in this moment? I feel like we rob ourselves of the beauty of a moment and the moment you can never get back. You know, I feel like this year should teach us more than anything. Just the future is always uncertain. We have Mm -hmm. this illusion that things are certain. We make our plans. This is what we're going to do. We're going to go on vacation. We're going to put this, you know, release this book. I'm, I'm going to have this edit done by this time. I'm going to enroll my child in this activity. And we should do that. You have to organize your life, but I feel like more than, you know, more than ever before, 2020 should um, confirm for us that the future is uncertain and our days are precious and every moment we have is so precious. And if we live every day worried about what our audience thinks and, you know, who's going to, how many comments we're going to get, how, how much attention we're going to get, um, we will have shuffled through our whole lives, never having been really known for who we truly are mm-hmm. and living in a shadow of connection. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's really the thing about social media is it is very seductive because we are biologically wired as human beings for connection. We are meant to be in community. We need each other. And really women, our nurturing abilities, like we, we, we are biologically wired to have 
intimate conversations, to have intimate connections. And social media gives you, it's sort of like a carrot dangling. It's like seductively in your face. Like, oh, it's there, it's there, that connection. And you can sort of have that rush of that experience and rush of that connection, but it it doesn't satiate you because it's really just a shadow of connection. And I mm-hmm. sometimes... I compare social media to porn and people laugh, um, but I actually said this in another interview and not that I'm saying there's anything, you know, my beliefs about that or anything. And I'm not even saying that's bad. I'm just saying there, you know, it's, it's not people sometimes will replace true intimacy for porn, like a porn addiction. And I think a lot of times, not a lot of times, or some of the time people will replace true relationships for the connections that they build on social media because perhaps they have issues with intimacy, you know, maybe they don't, they have some subconscious beliefs that they aren't worthy of being truly known. They don't want people to know who they really are. I know that I, you know, kind of went through that for a long time in my twenties. I didn't realize it, but I I think I had a real fear of being known. Mm -hmm. I I, I thought that I, 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 I didn't know that about myself. I know that now. Um, but I think for a long, so, so it's not an uncommon thing, but I think social media um, can really fuel that sort of perversion in yourself. Your circle is everything, and I like to invite you to join mine. Today, the Love is Viral show is brought to you by Gold Circle on Live Pocket Coach. Our exclusive Gold Circle membership includes over 130 pieces of content on self-development, relationships, money, and vision, weekly group coaching calls, monthly webinars, and access to our private live community in real time for a fraction of the price you pay for traditional coaching. The Gold Circle is interactive. As you share, we build the courses and offer you the circle you have been looking for to move you to the next level in your life. Download the Live Pocket Coach on Apple and select the Gold Circle membership from the subscription options in the menu. I'll see you in the circle. That's really interesting because, well, two things. So I'm raising girls, right? My daughter and then my, my partner's daughter. Um, they're both nine. And first and foremost, Olivia, mine, was upset because she didn't have as many followers as Malin did. And it was this mm-hmm. whole thing, kids don't like her. Will you like me? Will you share my stuff? And I'm like, you're nine. Mm-hmm. And we're already upset about our following. And I had to pull it back. She actually recognized that her mood is worse when she's been on any type of social media. So if she watches a kid, she even went to kids programming that is younger than her age because she said at least it always has a happy ending. On TikTok and Instagram, there's all these emotions and people are upset with each other or they've got a sad story or they say something that's mean. At least on Sophia the First, there's always a happy ending. And mm-hmm. I was like, how aware is that, right? But it's, it's a constant thing where we're like, get off YouTube, no t- TikTok. Um, she's not on Instagram, not on Facebook. So we're we're very aware of it. But something you said was really interesting because I don't think that we show our true personalities even in the way that we comment on with each other, right? I remember at one point in time. So I have a sense of humor and I noticed that I started to curb it because it can be a little bit um, dry. Mm-hmm. And I noticed I started to curb it when some of my clients started following me on Facebook because I didn't want them to see my sarcasm or my wit yeah. or whatever because I was like, You can bring like, it oh. to my page anytime. <laughs> I'm like, hey, girl, here's yeah. what I would have said. Do it. Um, 
So I started pulling it back because I was like, oh, like now people who I have professional relationships with are following me. And then when my page started to become more public, even with people that I'm following and I'm friends with, I have a tendency to almost be the lurker. I'll like your stuff or put something little, but most of the time I won't even tell you what I really think or I'll send you a text and be like, haha, this is because there's almost kind of like there's an exposure and a vulnerability as well because we also have this experience of the troll, right? And I've had several trolls, so I'm... Same. We don't feed them here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. we're aware of them. And so you have a tendency, tendency all of a sudden to start to, even though you want to connect, you start to protect, right? You start to kind of pull back a little bit and you're careful about what you say. And you start questioning some of your... You could have the best of intentions. Like I did a YouTube video with Olivia. Um, she was a guest on my show. And we talked about um, kids and emotions and social media. And rather than recognizing the comment, I had someone post about what I was wearing next to my daughter. And like, I can't believe as a mom, you would wear that in front of your kid. And I'm like, whoa, like point completely missed. Right. But that th those things, I think having such a voice in a public forum also tends to almost create this like barrier. I, I so know this plight that you're talking about. I'll tell you where I've arrived in the past year. Um, I, uh, you know, I, you and I are both writers. I write for a lot of magazines too. I'm a journalist as well. So I put out a lot of material in the world that's read, you know, by millions of people because of the platforms that I write for. I too have had trolls. I've had people say exalting things that they just like, I'm this, I'm a hero. I've had people say scathing things. Um, and I've just sort of arrived at like, no matter what, I'm not defined by the amazing things they say. And I'm not defined, I'm not defined by any of it. Um, and I am going to, and I have to constantly check myself almost like I'm a little kindergartner, like check. Do you have everything you need? Are you put together? You know, I have to kind of check myself over and over, but I have just kind of arrived at a place where I am going to be authentic and say what is true for me at that time, which is subject to change. I am free to evolve and I may put something out, an essay or a, an article or a feature and not align with it two years from now. That, but it's, it will always be authentic to where I am now and how it is perceived once it is out into the world, it's no longer my business. Mm -hmm. um, and it becomes its own entity and it is, does become a product of the world. So whether it's a social media post, an article, I, I, I have to, because if, if I'm constantly thinking, I mean, you want to have your audience in mind because if, if you're trying to, um, you know, put something positive in the world, you, you want to connect with your audience, but you can't be governed by, um, what, what you think their response will be, whether it will be, you know, loved or hated or rejected or, you know, discarded or whatever. Um, and so I've just sort of arrived there and it's tricky because especially when you're trying to monetize your business, because you need people to love it. But I really believe that people, your people will receive you. They will connect with that authenticity. Mm -hmm. Um, they, those the true people that are, who, who really are your people, they will love what you have to say. If you remain true and if you don't get so wound up in, in, um, in how, in filtering and modifying it and, 
and um, censoring yourself. Um, you know, I feel like at the end of the day, perhaps I could put some things out that aren't as um, authentic and maybe I would monetize it more, but that would be a betrayal of myself. And I mm -hmm. care more about being true to who I am and not betraying myself than, than anything else. I love know? that. I think it's so, it's so important to, to also be aware of who you're following as well. Because yes. I'm, I'm very much like you in that when I write something, it's so funny because people are like, do you save all of the articles you've written? Do you? And they're in a file somewhere from emails back and forth. But I'm like, but once it leaves me, it's not mine anymore, right? Yes. So I understand exactly what you said. But I also have been aware of, of the fact that I have to almost like curate my feed to make sure that what is coming back to me is that also aligns with where I am in the world. So, and I, I actually That's gave it. I gave a That's speech great. to a group of teenage girls and I was like, tell me about who's in your feed. And it was all, at the time, it was all Kardashians and it was this and it was that. And then I asked them, like, tell me how you feel about yourself. Like, how do you feel when you look at this? And one of the girls stood up. She was 13 and I was, you know, she's the first person hand up and she was a little Latina girl. Um, and she said, it makes me feel ugly. I said, explain to me why. And she said, because I... I want to be blonde and I want to be tall and I want to be all these things. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's like, you're a short, beautiful, mm -hmm. you know, dark haired girl. And like, I, I gave this stirring speech in the moment about how she was tall and compassion and tall in personality and tall and all of this, because oh, I was I like, I got to leave you with something. Right. Because yeah, you did that. Well, it just killed me. And at the end I just looked at her and I kind of whispered cause you know, there's, like a hundred girls around her as I'm giving this speech and interacting with her at the end I just said and you're beautiful and she just got this look on her face like she never thought of herself that way and so after these girls were telling me like who they were following we went through this whole exercise and I actually put up on a board um Instagram accounts of athletes and female astronauts and like here are people to follow if you're oh, be aware great. of what's getting in your head because yes. you followed this person and look how look how it made you feel mm -hmm. if you followed this person who accomplished this thing and she doesn't care what she looks like and she's not talking about her lip liner and right. and they got out their phones and they like unfollowed some accounts and I was like let's talk about how you feel and I had to do that for myself if someone's on on my feed because what I've put out there I want it to change lives and touch hearts and it's with the best of intentions but I'm like am I intentionally then receiving mm -hmm. right so I had to go through and be like if you make my shoulders slump in or I'm like god I wish I looked like that I was like nope you're gone flash unfollow yeah I, I love it you know it's funny I I studied a lot um and and championed a lot of material around like brain science in my work and um so I'm I'm very well versed in that you know in that realm but I have to check myself constantly. I actually did a significant social media purge not long ago, and I probably will do another one. But I'll tell you what inspired it. It's so funny. I noticed that I was feeling just icky, just icky every time I was on social media. And some of it was I was fought people who followed me, and I would a lot of times I would follow them back, but I didn't like their content. And I was mm -hmm. making myself a hostage to content that I didn't like. And it was just negative and ranting things, these cryptic posts, trying to get at other people and just icky stuff, mm -hmm. just low level stuff that I wasn't about. And 
but I felt guilty and I felt just about unfollowing people. I was just like, I don't want to be unkind. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Well, I, uh, this is actually when I was pregnant. I kind of, I love paranormal things. I just love anything to do with the supernatural. I love ghost stories. I just do. I always have. And I, I, I got, got on a binge watching celebrity ghost stories. And it's so funny. I was, I noticed that for a few days I was watching celebrity ghost stories and then I'd be like, I had to have a light on. I'd be, I was walking <laughs> through my hallway. I was, you know, I was trying to go to sleep at night and I'm like opening my eyes and pulling my eyes <laughs> on. And I never do that, but it was in my, it was yeah. in my consciousness. And I just kind of had this epiphany, which is nothing that profound, but it really resonated with me just like thinking about how, wow, okay, three days of binge watching celebrity ghost stories has me like scared to even walk through my hallway. What is daily throughout the day, woven throughout my day, this, you know, my brain is a sponge and I'm absorbing this content and I know better. And, and I'm telling you, it, yes. I mean, we are, we are responsible for ourselves. We are responsible for who we interact with. We are responsible for what we read, what we eat, what we, we are responsible for the content that we welcome into our garden. And if, if you don't like what's swirling around in that brain of yours, and if you don't like, you know, the thoughts you're having, if you don't like um, the fears in your body, if you don't like what's happening day to day, change the content. Um, it, it is, it is a game changer. And it, it really, it was, it was a profound lesson for me. It's so, I love all of what you just said, because it's so incredibly true in, in every aspect of our life, right? We are responsible, but we don't make ourselves, we don't take responsibility. We don't realize that it's simply a decision, right? Mm-hmm. It's a decision to kind of wrap your arms around yourself and say, this is what I will and I will not accept. Mm-hmm. And you can see very quickly the shift. I remember when I stopped following all these fit mom accounts, cause I thought that that was going to make me inspired. And instead I kept like hearing myself say, God, I wish I looked like that. Mm-hmm. And I started following accounts that were really positive that were doing really cool things or like I've always wanted to be able to do a a yoga handstand. And so I would follow these yogis, which are more like, this is the technique. And I was like, okay, you know. And it was funny because a while later, a a beautiful woman, a fit mom, showed up in my feed. And rather than me comparing myself, I think because I'd been feeding myself with all this positivity, I was like, oh, she's beautiful. I'm like, oh, look at me. I've changed. Like I've shifted and I'm not comparing myself. I think that's like one of those things that you do. Like you kind of have to say, like, am I comparing myself to anyone? Am I, do I have the same thoughts circling around in my head? Um, I think I, I worry so much about kids today and their awareness of these things. And it starts with parents. Like parents have to be like, we didn't grow, Gen Z is growing up, never knowing a time before technology, having social media, I believe their entire lives, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that, that, is, that, that is true. Yes, that is true. They don't know life without social. They don't know life without, you know, our digital world. They, they've yeah. grown up in our digital age. Yes. I, I worry for them. And I hope as parents that we can help them see the signs that it's too much, the signs that it's affecting their mood and help them make those same decisions. Like, I think that's so important. It's no weightless task, is it? (laughs) Parenting, man. (laughs) Gosh, I will tell you what, I, um, motherhood has given me whiplash 
I was not, there's no way to prepare um, anyone for the vulnerabilities of motherhood. And it never ends. It just sort of morphs into something else. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think the most vulnerable a mother, a woman will ever be is postpartum. I was very vulnerable postpartum. It was a beautiful experience, but it's very vulnerable. Uh, but it, but then there's just something new and then something new. And you are, a, you are, you know, you are a steward of this little human's safety and, um, and knowledge and well-being and, you know, yeah. self-esteem. It's so much, um, it's, it's, it's such an honor. It's the most honorable assignment of my life for sure. Um, but even just discussing the social media and as, you know, as much as I've, as much knowledge as I've absorbed on this subject. And I mean, I am a journalist who really, I focus a lot on relationships and mental health. So I have interviewed some of the most accomplished mental health experts on I mean, around. I mean, I'm not one of them, but I talk to them all the time. Um, and I'm even, it's the, the idea of talking to my daughter about it one day is daunting to me. Yeah. You know, it makes my skin hot. <laughs> it's hard to figure out how to, and I think that's the thing is like you, in your mind, you understand it, but you're like, how do I explain this in a way? Frame this for her. Right. That doesn't do, do the opposite of what I want to do. Doesn't cause, like, doesn't cause fear. Like it's, it's a lot of work. And one of the things that no one ever told me was that when you become a mother, you will picture all of the ways that your child can, can get hurt or die I'm like right. on a daily basis. I'm like, who, I don't want this. This is terrible. I re- my, like, you'll see them go by the pool and immediately you're like, you know, they're going to drown or this is going to happen or, you know, hold my hand. Cause we're in a strange place. And, you know, it's kind of, um, it it's an honor, but at the same time, it's it's one of those things where you're like, you just want to get them to adulthood as whole and as complete and mm-hmm. as compact and as ready mm-hmm. as possible. And I've always loved this quote, and it's the devastation of a mother's love is she's always teaching her child to leave her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no truer words, because I feel like everything that I talk about, everything that I do all of the research I've done, every article at some point in time leads back to how I'm raising my child and what kind of world we're leaving for the next generation. Absolutely. You know, kind of going back to the conversation about social media, and I'm sort of segueing into something else, but since I was in my pregnancy, any family member, whether it was my mother-in-law or my parents or a cousin, they even said jokingly, she's going to play soccer. She's going to play golf like her dad. She's going to write like her mom. She's going to be creative like her mom. She's going to play piano. She's going to, and I I felt just this ickiness and like swell within me. And I was just so allergic to anyone saying that. And I still am. And no one is allowed to say around her or to her, she's going to be this, or you're going to be this. I've always known that it's my job to discover who she is, not tell her who she is. And I think that if I can lay that foundation for her, for her to allow herself to discover herself through life, mm-hmm. to, to tap into her own curiosities and sense of self-discovery and to govern that, to govern herself, hopefully when she does have a relationship with social media one day, you know, in, in a, in a, sort of world that says, this is who you should be. This is how you should look. This is what, this is what matters. This is what's relevant. She will have such a foundation for mm-hmm. govern, governing herself 
that it won't, um, she won't fall as prey to it, I hope. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I think that that's so incredible. I think of my daughter's, um, or myself as my daughter's like life concierge. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and this is what this is, and this is what this is. And here's like, even when we talk about religion, it's really interesting because I was like, well, here's, you know, I, I, I've always felt very strongly. I, I don't give her beliefs. I'm not into do- indoctrinating children now. I'm, I'm like, and that of course is my own relationship with religion. I was, here's what, this is it. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. And so like with her, it's been like, well, here are your options. What feels good? You know, here's, here's what your daddy believes. Here's what I believe. Here's what your grandparents believe. And, and she's like, well, what am I, what do I believe? And I was like, that's for you, babe. Like you're going to feel it in your heart or your stomach. And that's kind of one of the things like I work with her on is like, well, how does that feel? And she gets quiet for a second with everything, no matter what. She gets quiet for a second and she, that feels wrong or that feels right. Or I don't like that. Okay. Then that's your gut. It's telling you, it's telling you what that is. So I think they're going to be okay. (laughs) Have you ever read um, The Awakened Family by Dr. Uh -uh. Shafali? Oh, I've seen it. It's a she, right? It's a woman. I've seen her on Oprah's Super Soul Sundays. Yeah. Yes. I highly recommend it. I think you would be in love with every delicious word of it. It's really her ethos is that there are no good children and no bad children. There are just um, repressed children. Um, And that a lot of times bad behavior is just this inner rebellion and defiance to be who they are. Um, and I think that was a lot of my issue. I was a rebellious kid and teenager. I um, had so much shoved down my throat in in the name of good intention. You know, I had mm-hmm. I was from a loving family, but so many things that I was told just did not organically align with me. They fe- didn't feel like truth. There was just always this dissonance in me, and. Um, I felt like I had to wear masks most of my life in order to be accepted. Um, and, I, and I don't even say that in a way that's accusatory because I, I feel like I know that I'm loved very much by my family and, and, and they're operating with this paradigm and they think they're trying to help me and they always have, you know, but, but, but I, my truth is, is, is different. And I feel like the greatest tragedy of any human life is to um, turn your nose up and betray your own truth. And I, I feel like um, with my daughter, it's, I have such a mandate to um, train her and, and support her in a way that she's constantly in tune with her own essence. Mm. I love that. And that's like a full circle moment <laughs> that comes right back. I mean, yeah, basically, basically you have to show up for yourself Mm-hmm. And 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 know who you are in such a deep and profound way, mm-hmm. um, and I, I think in a lot of ways kids do before we tell them who they are, and, and that's what she talks about in this book. Yeah. She, yeah, it's 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 yes, you have to. I know you will love it. Yeah, no, I have to read it. I I, I believe that so much, and I and I honor that about my own daughter. And like, I've tried to, she wanted to do a YouTube channel and I was like, oh, you should do this thing and it'd be cute and da, da, da. And she, no, that's not what I, I want to <laughs> do this. She's, she's so sassy. She's so, she knows who she is. And so as long as I can just guide her, right, um, she's going to be, she's going to be okay. 
I really appreciate you having this conversation with me. I know that you and I could literally talk for hours and cover multiple subjects because we've gotten to know each other so well. Yes. Um, one of the last questions that I, I have and I ask everyone, so the name of the platform is Love is Viral. Olivia named it. I know. You, you, I know the whole story. Oh, wonderful. So um, if you had to give someone advice as to how ma- to make love go viral, or if you do it in your daily life, what would you, what advice would you give? What would you say that that thing is? Um you know, human beings are diverse. Every aspect of our expression is diverse. Our curiosities are diverse. Um, Our longings are diverse. Everything about us is so diverse and it makes up the complete mosaic of humanity, which is so infinitely beautiful. Um, I would say to make love go viral is be um, vigilant about governing yourself and honor everyone else's um, uh, right to govern themselves. I love that. Such respect in, mm-hmm. in, for self and other. Yeah. That we sometimes forget. Just honoring each other's journey. Um, you know what I mean? I, I feel like so often, and I do this, we all do this, in, you know, in an effort to, to try to love someone the right way or help them, we try to sort of like wrangle with them and their decisions and, mm. um, you know, fix, if somebody's going through a difficult time or having, you know, repeating a negative cycle, we want to fix them and, and or we see something and we perceive it as evil or we perceive it as wrong. Um, and I'm not saying there isn't evil in the world. And then there's, I'm not saying there isn't dysfunction in the world, but I'm saying that love, um, love, you know, love honors a person's right to be who they are. Mm. And I think that most of the evil, the angst, the is just this repressed sense of self. I, I really do. If you really break it down, if you really pull back the layers gently, I really believe that so much, I, I believe that that, um, that repression it feeds violence, it feeds so many dysfunctions, it feeds rage, it feeds discontentment, you know, depression, anxiety. Don't you agree? I think. I do. I remember someone asking me on a podcast once, if I were to leave behind a piece of advice to the next gen, or I I was leaving the earth, what's the last thing that you would want to say? And I'm like, search for the humanity in the other. Mm-hmm. Because I think one of the things that we forget to do is we're constantly, we're, we're talking to talk, to fix, to give advice. To convince, to persuade. Yeah, mm-hmm. But we're, we're having conversations with our past and our history and ourselves and our own preconceived notions. Programming. Yeah. And we have a, a person who has their own, their own experiences standing right in front of us or sitting right in front of us wanting to be loved and to be seen doing the same thing. And I think that there's so much beauty to kind of recognizing the humanity and, and the, the love in the other. And I've believed this for a long time that we, we experience other people based on our pain, mm-hmm. not based on who they, who they are at their core. We want to assign them or, or convince ourselves that we are right about them. Right. And half the time, the conversation that's being had isn't actually. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. It's, absolutely. it's our own creation. So I absolutely adore that. And I think it's a very beautiful and deep answer with gorgeous words like you do. Like Aww. you have the best words. 
I love it. You do. You oh. do. You. Well, I just want to thank you so much for doing this with me. I love talking to you. Well, and and you. if people want to follow you in order to see your stories and follow your your writing journey, where can they go? So I have LaceyJohnson.com. I have a lot of writing clips and I use, I always keep it kind of updated with different appearances um, that I'm doing. Um, you can find me on OprahMag.com, PopSugar.com. Um, and Instagram is the Lacey Johnson. Well, thank you, the Lacey Johnson. You're amazing. <laughs> You're amazing. <laughs> thank you so much for joining today. I love Lacey's reminder that we are responsible for ourselves and the content that we consume and allow into our garden. If we don't like the way we feel or the thoughts we're having, it is time to change the content. You can find Lacey online at LaceyJohnson.com, at TheWonderReport.com, or on Instagram and Facebook at the Lacey Johnson. As always, please subscribe, leave a review, and don't forget to share with your friends. We are always interested in content that uplifts, so if you have ideas, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at dearlive at loveisviral.com. You can also find us on Instagram at loveisviral.media or visit our website at loveisviral.com. Apple users, don't forget to give the Live Pocket Coach a try by downloading it for free for seven days. 